Mm, 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 mm. Good morning. How are you all? It is Monday, May 2nd at around 8.51 in the morning here where I'm at. Oh man, I gotta tell you, moving, moving sucks. Moving is awful. So I'm in the process of selling my house and moving closer to where my wife and I work. And uh, my wife is also uh, pregnant and she is very, very sick all the time. This is like early pregnancy for her. It happens, uh, has happened every time that she has been pregnant. So it's nothing new for us, but oh, dude, it's the worst. Because, um, I mean, you know how it is when you get sick, you just, you can't do anything. You just, it's like debilitating. You know, just the feeling of being sick is is awful. It it totally just ruins like your mindset for the rest of the day. Because the feeling of like being nauseous and and not even actually being sick yet, it's such a bad like introduction <laughs> to to anything. It just makes you not want to do anything, which makes it difficult for me because then because I, I got to pick up the slack. Cause we already have kids, you know, and we're moving. So we got to get stuff ready. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm boxing stuff up and I'm bagging stuff up and I'm packing it into the storage pod thing. And, you know, it's our house is a mess and we still have to live in it and maintain all of our daily stuff. Like, you know, breakfast and getting, people ready for school and work for the day and then dinner at home and then dishes and then baths and bedtime. And meanwhile, that's going on. You've also got to, of course, go to work so that you can afford to live and pay for everything. And you got to pack up your life all at the same time. And the, even the worst part about it, you know, Planning ahead for a move is really good. Like it would be best case scenario. Like if my wife could just stay home, like if we would, if we could just send our kids to school because they go to a private school that she works at. And that's the only reason they go there is because she works there. If we could send them to school somewhere and keep her home, that would be best case scenario because she could just work on it all the time, packing stuff up, doing the small things sorting through the clothes to get that, you know, what do we need to make it for the next month or so, you know, and uh, like random, you know, crap around the house, getting that stuff put up. That'd be awesome. But we all got to go to work, you know, everybody's got to, we got to work. And dude, it's, it's, oh, it's just, the, it's the worst. We're living in chaos and it's not even organized chaos. It's just, it's just fucking chaos. And it's awful. It sucks so bad. Ah, gosh, I hate moving. You know, traditionally what we've done, and I don't know if, if, if you all are like this, but traditionally what we have done in the past is we have procrastinated around and we've taken small you know, like little spurts of doing something. And then like literally the week that we're going to move, we've just like taken, you know, three days off and given ourselves like a five day weekend and just hammered it, you know, just like staying up late, 
waking up early, grinding it out, you know, and then we're exhausted, but it's done. You know what I'm saying? And then you get to spend the next few weeks getting settled, placing things, you know, rearranging uh, and stuff like that. But like, as far as the, the initial move is concerned, it's a hard week, but you, you hammer it out. You suffer for a short period of time and you hammer it out. The way that we're doing it right now, it just like, it's such a slow pace. It fe- we've known that we were going to move since like the middle to end of March and just this, oh God, it's been, April was the slowest month ever. And, you know, we're into May and we're moving at the end of this month slash beginning of June, depending on when our house is finished, the new house is finished. Oh my God. It's going to be, May is going to be the slowest month of my life <laughs> if, if it keeps up like this. So it's, it's awful. Um, but as a side note, one thing that I've been able to do is catch up like on while I'm packing and doing stuff, I'll like play something on my phone or on the TV, you know, clean washing, you know, clothes and sorting through laundry myself and packing clothes up and packing crap up. You know, one of the things that I've been able to do is keep up with, you know, random stuff like TV shows and movies and things like that. And I started watching the Batman last night. Holy shit. Like, man, I don't know. I'm the, the Christian Bale Batman trilogy is not really fresh in my mind. It's been a little while since I watched the dark Knight. Um, it's been even longer since I watched, um, you know, the dark Knight rises, but, um, ah, man, it's hard to beat Heath Ledger as the Joker because it's, 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 it's a pretty legendary performance as far as things go, you know, especially considering like everything that kind of hovers around that performance with him dying and everything. It just carries a lot more weight, you know, but man, I'm telling you this Batman, this might be the best Batman ever. And I mean, I've seen all of them. I've seen the, uh, Michael Keaton, Batman movies. I've seen the Val Kilmer. I've seen George Clooney. Obviously, you know, we know Christian Bale and we know uh, Ben Affleck, you know, which he was, you know, only Batman for, you know, Dawn of Justice and the, uh, what do you call it? What was it? Uh, Justice League, you know, that's whatever. But still, and he was he was a pretty cool Batman just because him being him playing that guy he did a really good job playing that guy but man dude this the movie itself what's his name Robert Pattinson I think that's the guy it's not even him as Batman that really makes it it seriously is just the movie and the best thing about it is how dark it's so realistic like the like Christian Bale Batman series was was also really realistic 
I think, and that's what made it do so well, though, because it was all like, it was all like real life. Like it was, it's, it's Batman. It's a billionaire, you know, vigilante, you know, like, so it still is kind of like, uh, you know, come on now. But, you know, it didn't have like Superman and Wonder Woman and the Flash and, you know, fucking, you know, uh, Dark Side and Steppenwolf and, you know, all the craziness that happened, like, you know, in the other movies where it's like, this is, this is totally impossible. These people are not real. This doesn't exist in, in our current, you know, life. But they like took it to the next level. I think they took it to the next level in the Batman because it's even more realistic, you know, it's even, it's, it's even darker shows how crazy people can actually get. And then even more so than that, it, I think that the way that Robert Pattinson plays him, plays the Batman is also pretty realistic to how it, you know, could actually be. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of school here. It's, I, I'm not even done with it, I should say. I started watching it, but I've got about, I probably have like an hour left of the movie, honestly. It just got too late last night, you know, when I was, I was finishing everything up. You know, everybody in the house was asleep except for me. And it was like 1130 and I have to wake up. My alarms start going off at four. Um, I usually don't get up until between 4.30 and five, but my alarms start going off at four. And I mean, so I had to go to bed. <laughs> I had to go to sleep. The Batman was not worth my sleep, but I mean, it's dope. It's, it's like I said, honestly, I really do think it's probably the best Batman I've ever seen. I mean, seriously, it's no joke. And I mean, Paul Dano, oh my gosh, Paul, Paul Dano, I, every time I see Paul Dano in a movie, I, it reminds me of how much I like him. I mean, like all the way back to Little Miss Sunshine, I mean, everything that he is in, I like. You know, Little Miss Sunshine is one of the, like, the best, like, most underrated movies of all time. Of course, his performance in There Will Be Blood is legendary. You know, Paul Dano playing the twins. I mean, that's that's nuts. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that was, it, it, he did a great job there. But, man, this, like, him as the Riddler is so good. I think because he's so, if you look at him, like not the, as the Riddler, if you look at him as Paul Dano, he's so unassuming. I think that's his biggest thing. That's what he's got really going for him is he's so unassuming and he carries that, like he has a certain cadence that he speaks with and that he does I don't know what you call it because it's not really a monologue, but just the way that the way that he like he carries a conversation and, and talks like 
that scene where he's got the one dude, I think it's the district attorney. He's got the, he's doing the, like the game show, you know, solve these three riddles in two minutes, you know, kind of deal. Um, like that, you could tell, like you could tell that it's him, even with, you know, his voice being covered up by some kind of a, a thing, you know, all digitized and all that shit his face completely covered aside from the glasses. You know what I mean? You can tell still yet that that's him just by listening to the pattern, the way that he talks, it sounds like him. Cause he talks like that and there will be blood. That's he has that cadence. That's, that's it carries the same way. And it's so unique to him. Nobody else does that. It can be replicated, but it's so authentic to him. And looking at him, you would not, you wouldn't, I honestly, I don't know. You just wouldn't think that he'd be able to crush it that good. And what's even more fun is that he takes the Riddler as not even just like, you know, like Jim Carrey's Riddler was fun back, you know, back in the day. Like that, that was, it was fun to watch because it was Jim Carrey and it was so wild and crazy. And it was like, you know, let's bring Ace Ventura into Batman because that's seriously, that really is to me, that's what it was like. Um, but it's so Paul Dano's Riddler is so sadistic, you know, it's like, this is like really what, like an, like a legitimate terrorist psychopath. That's what it would be like, seriously. And the thing that, that I think really takes it over is like, I've seen the clip of, you know, him, uh, of the Batman going to meet the Joker in Arkham, you know, for help. I've seen that clip. I think it was a deleted scene or something like that or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Uh, but it leaves you, the whole movie so far, it leaves it hanging. Like, if the Riddler is this guy, like, I can't, I, I you can't even imagine what, like, the movie would have to be, I mean, the movie would be nuts. It would have to be like a two-part movie if you wanted to include, if you wanted to have a Joker movie of this caliber, this setup, it was seriously, it'd have to be a Joker. I don't know. Or it would have to be a two part movie. If you're going to ha- if you're going to do it with the Joker, I just don't see another way around it. It's too, it's too heavy. Everything about it is too heavy. If the Riddler gets three hours, cause it's about three hours. If the Riddler gets three hours. Joker's got to get double that. If, if not, if not double that, it's got to at least be time and a half. You know what I'm saying? Like, gosh, I just can't even imagine. But the problem is, again, though, is who do you get to play that that character? Who's going to be that role? Because, like, Heath Ledger, that was a legendary performance, man. I think that anybody feels comfortable saying that. And you're not even getting too carried away with the fact of it's like, oh, it's so sad because he died so young and – during the filming of the movie and almost like it's a cursed role because of, you know, Jack Nicholson telling him how hard it is, how trying it is for to, to be like that. Like it's, it's what's really crazy to me is when you think about it, Heath Ledger died when he was 28, I think pretty sure he died when he was 28. I believe I saw that recently somewhere. It was that good of a performance and he was, he was only 28. He wasn't really even in his prime, if you think about it, when he's going to do his best work. Because actors only get better. 
as they age, unless, you know, you, you turn into a crazy person, you know, like a literal, like you just, they lose it and they turn into a stereotypical Hollywood crazy person. You only get better as you age because you're just that much more experienced. I, I think, you know, whatever there's, I suppose there's evidence, you know, to support either, either, or, you know, older or younger actors. And so, but think about it, what he would be possibly doing right now in his forties, you know, cause it's been over 10 years, I think since the movie came out, I think the movie came out in 08. So in his forties, right. What would he be doing right now? How could he be crushing it right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's just, it's nuts to think about because of how good he was in that role. And that was the last thing anybody ever got to see him in. And, you know, I, and to be honest with you, I haven't even seen that many Heath Ledger movies from his catalog from back in the day, you know, A Knight's Tale and 10 Things I Hate About You and, um, you know, of course, uh, The Dark Knight and I can't remember what else, you know, I, I don't know, there's other crap I'm just not thinking of, but I mean, holy shit, dude. I mean, A Knight's Tale and Dark Knight, those two are my favorite movies, legitimately. A Knight's Tale, mostly just because of, you know... Alan Tudyk is awesome. He's hilarious. And the soundtrack is the shit, you know, but still it's awesome. You know, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's tough. It's tough to, uh, it's tough to imagine a better joker. So I don't know how you, who you could possibly pick for something like that. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find something, something too much better, but yeah, I don't know. I'm going to finish, hopefully I'll be able to finish maybe depending on when my kids go to sleep and how much I get done. I'm dragging ass today too. So I'm definitely going to have to run out and get a coffee or something uh, midday because I'm fucking, I'm struggling. I did not get much sleep last night. This, this kid, I swear to God, man. So my fourth, so, okay. Uh, backstory real quick. So I've got, I have, I have four kids, three biological, one I'm fostering to adopt. So I'll spare a lot of the details about him and our journey uh, over the past year with him. But he's 12 years old. He turns 13 this November. He's highly autistic, but he's highly uh, he's high functioning too. He's really smart. Um, the state and the foster agency do not give him credit for his abilities. They baby him way too much, and. Me and my wife, I'm not saying that, me and my wife are like not hard on him because we still get it. And I have learned a lot from having to take care of him, honestly. He's been, he's been a great learning experience and he is a really good kid. But fuck, dude, he went to sleep last night and woke up. I think, so my wife, where she's been so sick, she has been sleeping on the couch because she gets her own space because my kids will sleep on top of her if they wake up in the middle of the night and they have to come downstairs to our bedroom. So she's been sleeping on the couch because it doesn't really give anybody any room to crowd her. And if she gets sick, she's not disturbing anybody, which is nice. I appreciate that. She doesn't need to do that for me, but whatever. Um, so she's been doing that and he woke up at like two, no, maybe one thirty, to go to the bathroom. So he wakes up, goes to the bathroom, comes back. And goes back into his room and he starts watching TV again and he's laughing and cracking up and he's jumping up and down in his bed. So my wife is like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? It's in the middle of the night, early morning. You got to go to school. It's time to go to bed. 
And again, high functioning, but highly autistic. So he spends the next hour going back and forth with her about, you know, no, mom, you know, no, watch Netflix, watch TV, mom, you know, like stuff like that, you know, because he's just goofy. He doesn't get it. He has a, he doesn't understand everything just because, I mean, for his case, the condition that he's in, yes, he has a mental disability, but honestly, the reason that they took him away from his mom in the first place was a, they call it failure to thrive, and he basically was just surviving. He wasn't, he wasn't on the right path to develop, even as, you know, as disabled as he is, he could be a lot further along right now if he had gotten the care that he needed from an earlier age. So, like, you know, we just got him recently. I mean, if we're being honest about it, the level of care that he's gotten, he's basically mentally a four-year-old. Well, a little bit more than that because he is bigger and stronger and he can do things that my little kids can't, you know, as a bigger kid in general. But he's just mentally, he's not there. So he goes back and forth with stuff like that. He doesn't understand things. And um, especially in a situation where he's tired, he breaks, like mentally breaks really easy. And so then, you know, over the next hour, so from like one thirty or one forty-five to almost three in the morning, he's going back and forth, up and down, up and down, you know, crying, wanting to watch TV, laying down, chilling out because we will turn on his favorite thing at night is, is no matter what he's watching, he could be in the middle of watching some somebody, you know, play like Forza on YouTube because if he's not watching educational videos, which he picks, by the way, he loves to watch all stuff about the animals and oceans and trucks and cars and stuff like that. But he also loves to watch racing video games on YouTube. So if you go in there and you cut him off, somebody's playing Forza Horizon, he'll freak out. Unless you're telling him it's bedtime and we're going to watch Nemo. He'll watch Nemo and he'll pass out. It doesn't matter to him. It's like the ocean that I don't know what it is, man, but I feel it too. I feel those vibes. I fucking love Nemo and Dory. So I get it. Um, and he'll crash. And so like we're trying to get him to watch Nemo and go to sleep. And he's up and down and up and down. And so finally I get up. I get up. And granted, you know, I was watching fucking the Batman. So I've only been asleep like two hours, two or three hours. I wake up and I come upstairs and I'm like, dude, please lay down and go to sleep. And I go back and forth with him and he repeats everything a million times. And so I'm standing there in his bedroom and I'm repeating with him and we're going back and forth and back and forth trying to give my wife a break. He finally lays down and goes to sleep. I finally get to go back to sleep. It's whatever. I didn't, you know, I got probably four and a half hours of decent sleep. I was restless a hundred percent. So I really didn't even get that sleep. I didn't fall into a deep sleep. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm struggling today and we'll see what happens. I really want to finish the movie though. The problem is though, is the way that it's been lately, my kids know that we're moving because our house is a wreck and our life is a wreck right now while we get everything ready. And so they're like clinging closer to me and my wife, which means like 
they're not staying asleep for very long before they're waking up and they're trying to get in our bed or they just want to go to sleep in our bed to begin with, you know, which is so hard. Um, it sucks, but I'm just trying to see it through. Just got to see it through my boy. So that's what I'm trying to do. And if, if one of them ends up in our bed or whatever, then I got to wait them out to be able to, they got to be able to go to sleep before I turn the TV on and start doing the Batman, you know, it's, it's too heavy for them. They're too little. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't care. I'll watch Disney movies and stuff with them. I love that shit, dude. I'm a Disney kid. A hundred percent, man. I understand. I know if there's anything like film I know film pretty well. I know movies pretty good. The classics and what's hot, you know, there's some like deep cuts that I don't get in on as much. But, you know, the the big time movies, I'm a connoisseur of. I can I can pick something out for a mood at any given time that's going to hit the mark. And so, I I can't wait until they're old enough to watch Lord of the Rings and I'll we could talk about that later because I can go on forever about Lord of the Rings. I mean, to put it to you in a sentence, so we don't drag on forever, so I don't drag on forever, if, Jesus, I don't know what happened there. Sorry about that. That's a little ridiculous. But anyway, if I could put it to you in a sentence and wrap this up, it would be like um, the way that I look at the Lord of the Rings, the entire, the entire lore of it, everything Tolkien is that but the lord of the rings just to start off with is that it is and i don't even think that it's up for conversation if you if you experienced it at all and looked into it even a little bit you would acknowledge or at least entertain the discussion that it is the greatest narrative ever written aside from Maybe the Bible, if you're into that, you know, if you look at the Bible as a collection of stories, or if you see the religious implications of it, either way, there's, there's value on both sides. If you look at it from a secular side or from a religious side, there's value to it. And it's, it's been around so long and it's been published and, and exists and it, it, and it is such an important book that there's no way that you couldn't find value in it. I feel the same way about the Lord of the Rings. It, it means that that book, that series, The Hobbit, everything that has come along with it, that it means so much to humanity. Seriously. If there was like a collection of works that we would have to keep, religious texts, Lord of the Rings is going to be, it has to be in there. It has to be. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I appreciate it, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll try to be back again soon with something hopefully good. My wife actually just texted me about the kid and said that his teachers are trying to send him home because he's falling asleep. <laughs> he's falling asleep sitting up. So, yeah, I guess we're today is probably going to get cut short. So, all right. Well, I appreciate it, everybody. And, um, yeah, let's, um, let's have a good day today. I'm going to grab some coffee here in a little while, see if I can't perk myself up, but, um, yeah, thanks everybody. Have a good one.